Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss where the consensus lies amongst investors' outlooks, and when it is important to take this into consideration, and when it is not, with Mike Haslam, Head of Funds Distribution, and Jean-Paul Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation. Welcome to this week's Word on the Street. I'm joined today by Jean-Paul Yeager, Head of Asset Allocation at Barclays. Thanks for your time today, JP. Hi, Mike. Uh, What are we going to cover this week? Well, we're going to look at consensus investing. So this is looking at areas of the market where most investors have the same view, whether that be good or bad. And we'll discuss, should we care? Should we really care what the vast majority of investors are thinking or what their views are? Or should we just avoid all that and uh, go gung-ho into investing into what we want to do? Uh, so let's start off with the uh, with consensus views. Now, at this time of the year, I read a lot and a lot of uh, investment outlooks for you know for next year for 2020. Uh, when you read through them, JP, what would you describe as the most common outlook, the, the 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 biggest consensus views or the trades amongst investors? I would probably describe the current consensus as follows. But I have to make a side point here that describing consensus expectations is a bit tricky and we cannot really observe it. And it depends a little bit on what you read and how you interpret it. Having said that, we get the sense that investors are anticipating that global growth can re-accelerate a bit from here and that stock markets uh, can go up a little bit further in the range of mid-single digits for this year. Given central banks have hinted that the hurdle for increasing interest rates is quite high, given inflationary pressures are absent, expectations are for interest rates to remain anchored around current levels. Corporate bonds are generally thought of as very expensive and emerging market bonds are quite popular as they still provide attractive yields. So do these common expectations, these these consensus views, do they actually matter for you? In one sense, it's yes and no. Yes, on one hand, because investors' expectations are reflected in asset prices. So if investors collectively have an expectations, you, you will see this reflected in the current asset prices. Uh, And when we differ from those uh, opinions, that's probably where we have to rethink how we position client portfolios. On the other hand, we we also need to take any outlook with a huge pinch of salt. The chances of consistently and accurately looking into the future that is superior to the collective investor pool is incredibly small. One example, for example, is with 2018, where we see that we started the year with expectations of very elevated stock market returns. Some pundits were even talking about melt-up risks. I remember that well. Um, uh, beginning of 2018, there was huge expectations for um, significant returns from equity markets in 2018. But then equally, within that same year, we ended the year with recession fears rife among investors. I mean, yeah, um, Q4 18 was one of the worst quarters on record um, since, since the financial crisis. Indeed. And then in 2019, we've seen stellar stock returns, while actually economic growth has been slowing quite significantly. Another example is the run-up of the UK elections. We've received numerous questions and requests from clients in the days up leading into the election, with the question whether Sterling on a massive victory would strengthen quite materially. Um, And that was, in general, the expectations. Well, we did see the historic electoral victory, but Sterling in the days after the election outcome was trading at a lower exchange rate than before the election results. And, and I guess the other main worry in 2019, so you had the UK election, but also as well, um, the ongoing trade war. That is correct. So, so with the trade tensions this year that we've seen between the US and China, 
uh, there was a general sense that if it would be rational, especially with a high stakes poker negotiations like these, that further escalations would be avoided. But earlier in the year, we did see that investors got disappointed time and again with further escalations. So what do we do? Uh, in, in, instead of committing to a longer term outlook, we read the financial landscape and make investment decisions. Just for example, we do not make uh, specific predictions on economic growth. So for example, for the UK economy, we don't have any expectations in percentage growth for next year. Instead, there may be episodes where prices of financial assets are depressed or too lofty. Just without any point estimates, we tend to lean in or out of financial assets based on our assessment of how we look uh, at the other things, investor sentiment, corporate profits, likelihood of defaults, uh, and the general backdrop of economic growth and inflation. So looking forward to 2020 um, and beyond, I guess, where do, where do you believe um, any surprises could be? Well, as, as is always the case, that would be the areas where investors are too confident or in some sense extrapolate recent trends too far into the future. So examples to think of are the absence of any inflation risks being priced into inflation sensitive instruments or term premium priced in bond markets. There seems to be a lot of confidence that there will be very little change over the next 10 years. This can of course be correct, but for investors, the landscape will start to look quite a bit different if yield curves steepen or inflation starts to accelerate. Now that's a, that's a really good point about inflation because we all, we all seem to have forgotten exactly what inflation looks about, looks like. We've been used to what really low inflation, one, two, three percent over the last ten years plus, and many investors, I guess, um, are therefore assuming what inflation will just never return; it'll never come back again. But if it does, why would that be so important? for investors. That's a good point. So that there are scenarios where a sudden rise in interest rates or yield curves would reverse some of the recent tailwinds we've had for financial assets. So a lot of the monetary policy that central banks have done with lowering interest rates, we haven't really seen the side effects of those yet. Uh, and But there are also scenarios possible where you could think of where it actually could be positive. So it, I think a lot of it depends on the pace. So if interest rates would pick up the pace of uh, that pickup. Because if it would pick up through wages accelerating gradually and that feeding through into inflation, that could also be seen as a positive scenario where it would be seen as a degree of normalization. Another area that potentially could be a surprise is generally we have seen that there is rising expectations that most central banks cannot lower interest rates any further in any meaningful way. And that even beyond a certain point, any reductions in interest rates are becoming pointless. So now eyes are shifting to governments we will need to step up fiscal initiatives to support economic growth. And some of these signs we see already happening in some parts of the world, for example, the Netherlands. But it may be potentially a surprise that we actually see some reluctance in some parts of the world for governments to take on uh, more government debt. Okay, so where do you where do you differ or disagree with the um, consensus expectation, the view of the market? how we are positioned for clients there are some elements where we probably overlap with consensus so there are some parts which are quite similar and there are some that are different so for client portfolios at the moment uh, they lean towards emerging market bonds at the expense of u.s corporate bonds this is something we see that is more common among peers and competitors uh, client portfolios are also on more developed market equities than they would otherwise which we also feel is a more popular direction uh, but we also recently been holding less listed real estate in favor of developed market equities and holding less bonds in portfolios, which we felt was actually less 
popular and but did add value in the most recent months okay so a quick summary before we uh, wrap up uh, so consensus views out there um, are that inflation will remain low interest rates really won't budge much from here and stock markets are on course potentially to deliver mid single digit returns you say which in my plain language means four five six percent returns um, certainly not guaranteed but um, you know a lot better than bank account returns uh, but markets can move very differently to what consensus expectations are predicting and the last two years you were talking about 2018 and 19 really good examples of markets performing differently to consensus expectations um, and your view less bonds more shares uh, but keep a careful eye on inflation um, just before we finish off any final thoughts from you jp well our advice to clients remains yeah, diversify across a range of truly different financial assets. It's always easy to get caught up in the narrative and extrapolate the recent trend and sentiments. But macroeconomic, uh, the macro economy is hugely complex. Even in a year with double digit stock market returns, it would have made a very big difference whether you invest in Egypt or Greece, which would have resulted in returns in excess of 40%, or investing in Malaysia or Chile, which you would have lost money over the year. And also, somehow clients often ask me with a 20-30% return in the past 12 months, what are the chances stock markets can deliver another stellar uh, year? Well, like somehow we're due uh, a correction. Well, if you would purely look at returns, uh, this is not something we find in, in the research we have been doing. So, of course, markets can swing between exuberance and fearful, and we have to be mindful of investor sentiment. But purely looking at an annual return the last year's return is irrelevant for the next one. So invest across a range of assets with decent expected returns and let the power of compounding and rebalancing do the work over time. Wise words, JP, as always. Um, and thank you for your time today. Uh, we will be back next week with another Word on the Street. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.